Good morning. Jesus is alive. He is risen. And we can celebrate that not just on this day, but every day of the year. Because his resurrection is the greatest act in all of human history. Death couldn't hold him. Satan couldn't stop him. He is alive. Who is Jesus? He is the visible image of the invisible God. He is the exact representation of God. He is the full physical manifestation of God in human flesh. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the Son of God. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is our perfect sacrifice for our sins once and for all time. And he came to this earth for one primary reason. And Jesus revealed that reason immediately after one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible. Here's what he said in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So there's the reason right there. Here's the reason why he came. You can see it right at the very end. Jesus came to save the world through himself. He left heaven. He came to this earth, was born as a man, and lived the perfect and sinless life that none of us could ever live ourselves. It was the only way because all of mankind is dead spiritually in their sins. And there's no other way that we could be saved. Sin now is any wrongdoing. It's when we disobey God's commandments. And his commandments are good because they are a direct reflection of his character, which is holy and righteous. Now, when we sin by breaking God's law, we not only offend God, but we deny the very holiness of his character. And because God is holy and righteous, he is also just, so he cannot allow sin to go unpunished. For the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is spiritual death. That's eternal separation from God forever. That's what we all deserve. Every one of us. Our sin separates us from a holy God. In fact, the Bible says because we're dead in our sins, we're actually enemies of God because sin deserves God's wrath. God saw how utterly helpless that we all are in our sin, and because he loves us so much, he sent his one and only son to make a way when there was no other way for us to be saved. He sent his son Jesus on the greatest rescue mission of all time. And Jesus willingly accepted this mission by becoming the ultimate and perfect sacrifice in his death on the cross for our sins. And as he hung there on the cross, after being brutally beaten and whipped and mocked, he said, it is finished. And then he gave up his spirit to God, his father, and he died. And so his last words, it is finished, that was saying, mission accomplished. I did everything you told me to do, Father. And after being dead in the grave for three days, he came back to life. And this resurrection broke the power of sin and death for all mankind forever. His death on the cross, his burial in the tomb, and his resurrection from the dead after three days is what we call the gospel. 
It's the good news. And here's what makes the good news so good. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and for the, Gent- or for the Greek. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Have you got your hand out? That's one of your blanks. Everyone. Now, that's not just good news. That is great news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That should bring joy that passes all understanding right there. It's a joy that is beautiful and it is unending because it is the only good news that brings salvation. Salvation is not available any other way. But listen, salvation is also not automatic. It is not automatic. We are not automatically saved, nor will we all end up in heaven. Salvation is a personal and individual decision. In other words, we all have a choice to make. And that choice is between eternal life or eternal death. It's the same choice we all face today as the people of Israel had in the Old Testament. Moses told the Israelites just before they were finally going to enter the promised land. Here's what he said in Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning in verse 15. He said, now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you and the land you're about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long good life in the land you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God and obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the choice that the Israelites had before them was either life or death. If they love, obey, and follow the Lord, then they would be choosing life. If they disobeyed and turned away from the Lord, then they would be choosing death. This is the same kind of choice that you and I have today. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the choice before us today is the same as it was for the Israelites in their day. If you choose to continue to live in your sins, we will remain spiritually dead. But if we choose to receive the gift of God, then we will experience eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
And this is a gift. It is a free gift. We can't do anything to earn it. And we certainly don't deserve it. That's why it's called a gift. But we, we do need to choose to receive it. And we can do that by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior through our faith. So how exactly does this happen? Jesus told us exactly how this happens. He said, repent and believe. This is the central message of his entire ministry while he was here on this earth. This was the purpose behind everything he said and everything he did so that it would lead straight to the personal and individual decision for us to repent and believe. He said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, to repent is to agree with God about our sin and then be willing to turn away from our sin so that we follow Jesus. True repentance is a change of mind that then leads to a change in our direction. And that direction should lead us to be fully devoted and faithful followers of Jesus. Now, to believe is to first put our faith completely in Jesus. And that means faith in who he is and what he did through his death, burial, and resurrection, and then to follow him with our life. Now, to say it more clearly and simply, we repent by changing our mind. And we turn from continuing in our sins to believing in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. And then we commit to living our lives to follow him. And the kind of belief that Jesus is looking for is a belief that goes from our head, accepting the gospel is true, to our heart that leads us to actually act it out so that we follow him in everything. True saving faith is a belief that obeys. It's a belief that obeys. That's how we know if our faith is genuine. Now, perhaps you're here today and you're still not fully convinced that God loves you. Maybe you've done some really awful things in your past and you're ashamed of what you've done. You want to put those things behind you, but the guilt and the weight that you're carrying won't let you let them go. Or perhaps you're addicted to something in your life right now that makes you want to feel like you're satisfying something deep within you, but you know that's not really satisfying you. It's why you feel trapped in this endless cycle of repeating the same behavior over and over again. And yet you still haven't satisfied that deep longing that's within you. And so you're here today and you're wondering if there ever will be an escape from this addiction. Others of you may have been wounded by someone in your past and you don't know if you can ever truly trust someone again. So you have your guard up and you won't let anyone into your situation. You're trying to handle everything on your own because you feel like you just can't trust anyone anymore. Maybe that's you today. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth today. And may the Lord give you ears to hear it. Are you ready for the truth? Here it is. God loves you. 
He loves every single one of you because he created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And no matter what lie the enemy may be whispering in your ear, God loves you. You are valuable to him. And he desires to have a relationship with you. Let me tell you about just how much he loves you. Because his love can wash away any hurt. It can wash away any sin or any addiction that you may have. His love can take care of any loneliness that you may be feeling, any regret, any worry, or any fear. His love is more than enough to cover over anything that you may be feeling or experiencing right now. That void, that longing in you that nothing seems to satisfy, his love can and will fill that void if you let him into your life. His love is real love, and you don't need to do anything to earn this love. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You see this from the text that he loved us first. He didn't send his son to die for us based on how we would respond. No, he loved us first, even while we were sinners. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8 says, When we were utterly helpless... You see that? We were utterly helpless. There's no way we could save ourselves. And what did he do? Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Woo, that's some truth right there. There's two powerful words in this scripture that if I had time to go down this rabbit hole, I would. You know what they are? But God. Man, you can read that all through scripture. I don't care what your situation is. But God. There is always hope. God sent his one and only son to die for us while we were still sinners. He did this because of his great love for you and I. That's how much he loves you, enough to send his son to die for you and to make a way for you to be saved from your sin. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy that would ever try to tell you otherwise. Love isn't something God does. It's who he is. God is love. You see, Jesus didn't just sit there in heaven as God, and then shout his love to us. No, he showed his love by sacrificing himself and dying on the cross for our sins. And it may have appeared that Jesus was powerless as he hung on the cross, but it wasn't the religious leaders who persecuted Jesus that kept him on the cross. It wasn't the crowds who yelled, crucify him, that kept him on the cross. It wasn't the soldiers who beat him and mocked him that kept him on the cross. It wasn't even the nails that kept him on the cross. It was his passionate love 
for all humanity that caused him to endure such an agonizing death. It was his passionate love for you. He made this sacrifice so that anyone, this includes you, anyone who puts their faith in him would have everlasting life. That's real love. He loves you so much that he gave his very life for you. And if you'll turn to him and you'll place your complete faith in him, you will find freedom from your soul. There is no other way to find peace with God. There is no other way to find fulfillment in this life. And there is no other way to have forgiveness of our sins. And there's also no other way to experience true joy. Some of you need some joy, don't you? Right? Those of you that were with us from the very, very beginning, who remembers joy suckers around the campfire? Right? You remember that? We all need some joy because there's people out there that just look like they've been sucking on lemons. <laughs> we got so much to be joyful for. He is risen. Amen. He's risen indeed. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus is the exclusive way to God. He is the exclusive way to heaven. He is the only way to be set free from our sin and spiritual death. Do you need hope today? Do you need healing today? Do you need forgiveness today? Do you need purpose? Do you need rest? Do you just need his help today? Come to Jesus. Come. Come to him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, he said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Come to him. Stop trying to handle everything on your own. There is nothing too big for him, nor is there anything too small for him either. But it takes humility to recognize that you need him. We have to humble ourselves. It's the same thing he did for you. Scripture says in Philippians chapter 2 that he humbled himself in obedience to his father all the way to death, death on the cross. He did that for you and me. So if he can humble himself, so can we. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. All. Do you see that word all there? All your worries and all your, your cares. Scripture tells us that Jesus is the good shepherd. He will leave the 99 to go after that one lost sheep that's wandered off. And he will carry that lost sheep on his shoulders all the way back to the herd. That's how much he cares. And Scripture also tells us in Luke chapter 15, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 that never needed to repent in the first place. In other words, there is a giant party of celebration in heaven 
Every time one person turns to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Are you that lost sheep today? Have you wandered off? Come to him. He cares for you. I want to encourage everyone that God can handle anything you throw at him. No matter how big it seems, no matter how insignificant it might seem, his word clearly says, all your worries and your cares give to him. Don't hold back, for he cares for you. That's real love. But listen to me. None of what I've talked about today would be possible without the resurrection. Jesus' resurrection from the dead, three days after giving his life, is the single greatest act in all of human history. The Apostle Paul makes it clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that if Jesus had not been resurrected, then our faith would be meaningless. Preaching would be meaningless. Our faith, all of it, we'd still be in our, dead in our sins if there was no resurrection. Without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. Without the resurrection, there is no hope. Without the resurrection, Jesus would not be worthy of our faith or our worship. But the resurrection absolutely did happen, just as the scriptures foretold it would. Jesus did die, and he came back from the dead. So he is more than worthy, because he is alive. He is alive. Are you alive? I hope so. And his resurrection was the irrefutable proof that he was and is the Son of God, the promised Messiah who takes away the sins of the world. His resurrection broke the power of sin and death and Satan forever. It also shows that God accepted Jesus' sacrifice on the cross on our behalf. Not only does it reveal that God has the power to raise the dead, but it also guarantees that those who believe in Jesus will be resurrected into eternal life. Glory to God. How many of you are ready for your resurrected bodies? No more pain or sickness or any of it. Yes, Lord. Now, one last thing I want to, I'd like to bring out today is what happened when Jesus died on the cross. When he took his last breath and he gave up his spirit, the Bible says that the veil that was hanging in the temple was torn all the way from top to bottom. Now, it's uncertain exactly how large this veil was. We don't know for certain, but Jewish tradition seems to indicate that it was more than 60 feet high and that it was at least four inches thick. And it was torn just as easily as I could sit here and tear a piece of paper in front of you. Why is this significant? Well, that veil that was hanging there, it's what separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. Now, the Holy of Holies, that simply represented God's earthly dwelling place. That represented his presence. And the only one who was permitted to go behind the curtain into the Holy of Holies was the high priest. And he could only do it once per year to make atonement for the sins of his sins and well as the Israel, their people. And when the veil was torn in two, it symbolized that Jesus' sacrifice, the shedding of all of his own blood, was the ultimate and sufficient atonement for all sin for all time. 
This tearing of the veil, it also symbolized that because of Jesus' sacrifice, there was now no barrier for you to get to the Holy of Holies. No more barrier. You, me, and anyone who places their faith in Jesus now has direct access to God. You don't need a pastor to go through. You don't need a priest to go through. We don't need to go try and clean ourselves up or any of that junk before you try to go see him. If you'll just repent and believe in the gospel, he will give you his Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of you. And then you can come into the Holy of Holies, the presence of God, anytime and any place. You know why? Because Jesus Christ is our high priest. He is. And his sacrifice is sufficient for all people, for all sin. You can come to him as you are, and he loves you so much that he won't leave you where you are. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will help you to change, to become like him. And his word says he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Jesus is the only way to salvation. And his death, his burial, and his resurrection is what makes all this possible. Faith in him is the only way. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And this decision to follow Jesus is not a one-time decision. Do you hear me? It is not a one-time decision. It is a lifelong journey of commitment. It is. I don't care what you've been taught in the past. Raise your hand, accept the Lord, and you're good. No, it is a lifelong commitment. This is the start. It's just the beginning. Christianity is not something you just add on to your existing life. No, it's a completely new life. And while it's not always sunshine and rainbows, let me tell you, it is worth it. It is worth living because you'll never be alone and you'll have the Almighty God to call on as your Father. You may have had a lousy Father in this life. You may have had a lousy earthly Father. Or maybe you didn't have an earthly father at all. But God is the father who loves you and cares for you. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, it changed everything. Jesus is alive. He made a way to be saved from our sins when there was no other way. And we have a choice. We can choose life or we can choose death. It's a personal and individual decision. No one can make it for you. And it's not something you want to put off because none of us knows when we're going to take our last breath. If we've not submitted and placed our faith solely in Jesus, there will be no resurrection or eternal life for you. He is the only way and he loves you. So come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Here's how you can do that. Choose life by repenting of your sins and believe in Jesus. You can think of it this way. Here are the ABCs to how to choose life right here. A, admit you're a sinner and repent of your sins. B, believe in Jesus and what he did for you. And C, continue to believe as you commit your life to living solely for him. This is where many of you are today. Some of you have made this decision maybe many years ago. 
But this letter C, that applies to you then because it is a daily commitment. And I'll leave you with one final scripture on this very special Resurrection Sunday. One last scripture. Here we go. Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 8. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are a mighty father. You are a father who loves us. You loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us. And I thank you that as we celebrate this day, we are reminded that you are risen, that you defeated death, hell, Satan, all of it. It's all swallowed up. There is no more sting. That sting is sin. And you paid the penalty that none of us could ever pay ourselves. It's paid in full. And I thank you, God, for that. Thank you for that truth. I pray right now, Jesus, if there's someone here that has not made the decision to follow you with their lives, Lord God, that they would not leave here until they've made that decision because they've heard the truth of your, God, of your word, and it's the gospel. And I pray that they'll respond. Others who are here today, and as we continue to pray, maybe haven't been living their lives the way they need to, and they've gotten away from you. True love obeys. Maybe they're not obeying. I pray right now, Father, that you draw them back to you. Your word says that your mercies are fresh every morning. And I thank you, Lord, that your word also says that if we'll just confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. That is truth. And so I pray today, Lord, that you stir hearts. If there's people that need to get right with you today, today would be the day to do it. I pray that strongholds are broken today. Addictions are broken today in your name. And I pray that you get all the glory from it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you're here and you want to respond to what you've heard, you've maybe not made the decision to follow Jesus, but you want to. I'm going to be right here up front. You're welcome to come see me. I'll pray with you. We'll talk about it, whatever's needed. Others of you, you may, have, you may need healing. You may need help in some way, but you're, or maybe you just want prayer. I ask that you come forward. There'll be others up here to pray with you. All right, there'll be a whole team of us up here that can pray for you. But I encourage you, don't leave here today without getting right with the Lord. Whatever God has pressed upon your heart through what you've heard, let's get right with that today. Christ is risen. Amen. God bless all of you. Have an awesome week.